0: Hello movie fans. This is the Rambling Cinephiles here with another ramble about the new film, The 1517 to Paris. My name is Josh.
1: My name is Jenny.
0: And we're here to talk about the new Clint Eastwood film, 1517 to Paris. Uh, it's a unique film. One that I I, I don't think I'm I'm ever going to see a film like this again. Jenny is gonna run down the plot for us without any editorialization. Uh, so break it away for us, Jen.
1: That's unfair. Um, okay, so um, you may already be familiar with the heroic story of the three men who uh, who star in the movie. Um, they uh, the movie starts off when they're kids. They meet each other in the Christian school that all three of them attend. They become friends. Uh, life separates them for various reasons, uh, but they, they keep in touch. Uh, two of them, Alec and Spencer go into the military um, and they all kind of end up in Europe together. Um, and that's, that's more or less, you know, how, how it happens. They, uh, they get on the train cause they want to go see Paris and then the the terrorist attacks and luckily the three of them were there and they stopped him and they stopped a whole bunch of people from dying which is important um and you know that's very good i'm very glad that they were there in real life to do that is is there anything else is there anything that i missed
0: no that that's about right that's that's the plot of the film and if you feel like that's a little like a little bit of a skeleton, then you'd be right because there is not a plot in this film. There is, there there are three segments. There's the, the the very very beginning where they're kids and they're meeting each other and they're having a good old time as kids and la la la. We're just we're we're just growing up, right? And then there's the the end
1: the very very
0: very end the small little slice at the end where you actually get the terrorist attack and them saving everyone and it's just it's it, it's powerful and it's it's important and it's not satisfying at all because the bulk of the film the 2 hours that you spend watching this movie is just them talking to each other goofing off um go in Europe uh doing nothing going to bars talking some more uh riding around on a boat doing nothing having conversations that are meaningless talking to each other about things that are meaningless advancing the plot <laughs> we don't need that we don't need a plot in this film we have character development i guess because that's that's all there is in this film it's just it's just us getting to know these three men uh And how they know each other what their their motivations are, there are no motivations they're just they just happen to be on the train, and how how their lives affect what they do on the train and honestly, it doesn't affect them at all they're they're they just happen to be on the train and they just happen to Attack this guy and get lucky that he doesn't shoot them all and take him down and that's brave and that's awesome. Uh, but that's not a plot. Ginny, stop me from ranting.
1: Okay, so remember if, if you if you watched the trailer episode, um, we talked a little bit about this, um, and and we had concerns, Josh, especially that this was going to be. Probably a pretty okay movie in that the acting from the three heroes was going to be what brought it down. It was going to be the weak point. Their acting, while nothing to write home about, was not the weak point of the movie, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I uh, I mean, it, it wasn't great, but they're not professionals. So I, I can't expect, you know, I can't expect a, a professional level of acting. Um, I, I will, okay, I will disagree with you. That their life experiences did not affect um, affect what they did on the train because um, uh, obviously because you know the 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 wrestling there's a scene earlier in the movie uh, where Spencer is like learning uh, jujitsu wrestling or something. Um, and he uh and so so you like watch him learn that and he uses that to to like incapacitate the the guy and um and also i guess more importantly um because spencer originally wanted to be a um wanted to be in the air force pararescue and so he trained really hard to do that um but he couldn't because uh he he failed the the visual test he didn't have any depth perception so he couldn't do it and he ended up having to train as like a medic and if he hadn't, um, if he hadn't done that, then when the guy got shot, he wouldn't have known what to do to keep him from bleeding to death.
0: Right. That's that's set up, but that doesn't tell me tell me anything about Spencer.
1: Oh, I agree. The movie's garbage. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just saying that you know.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that. <laughs> I get that they're set up, and uh, and yes, the the main problem that I had in the trailer, in the in the trailer at episode was that I thought that this movie was going to be decent because it's it's a Clint Eastwood movie. I figure you can't go go wrong there. Um, I figure that this this story was going to be engaging and that I would I would learn something from this story uh, and that the acting was what's going to hold it back. And that's not true at all. That didn't happen. No. Like uh, the Spencer especially was was A a better actor than I thought he would be. Yeah, Um, yeah, he was. He played himself well, which I guess maybe he would Mm -hmm. uh, on film. The other two, not 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 so much. Alec, especially, seemed like he was having trouble emoting at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I thought that. Um, I thought Anthony's, I thought Anthony was really good at like natural moments, Mm -hmm. but maybe maybe not so much at ones that were like a little more scripted than those. You know, like like natural conversational moments. He was he was pretty fine on. Yeah, uh,
0: there, there's a sequence um, in the film where they're caught, the entire fucking movie. Yeah,
1: this is the, literally the second act is just them just dicking around Europe.
0: Dicking around in Europe, but it's, it's handheld camera following Spencer and Anthony in Venice, yeah. I think, right? Um, well, Italy. Yeah, Venice, Amsterdam, Germany, they go all sorts of places. Yeah. But uh, I, that,
1: I, I feel like that sequence must have just been like the camera people like following them around while they were dicking around in Europe, which, I mean, hey.
0: <laughs> I agree, yeah, that which it, it turned out well, though. Yeah, I it worked. Be, because that was the most natural part of the movie for me. Like, it felt m- most real when they were just goofing off in front of the tourist attractions because I think that's what they were actually doing. They just let them loose to hang out and go see the, the sites and just talk to each other without any sort of script. And that's great because the script, oh my fucking god, it was the worst part of this film. The script, the the dialogue was the absolute horribleness of this film.
1: Okay, you know how you know how when you watch a movie that's about children, it's got child actors in it? um you know un- unless it's you know something like it or stranger things or whatever and the dialogues just you think man kids kids don't talk like this 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 isn't the stuff that kids say don't don't they know what kids say that was another question that i was asking myself during this movie the question i was asking myself during this movie during the part with the kids was has this screenwriter ever met a child are they aware of children
0: <laughs> yes it's like <laughs> It's like the, the writer thought, okay, what does this character need to get across in this scene? Okay, let's just have them say that ver- verbatim. Yeah. I am upset that I lost the election to be student president or or whatever. Let me say those exact words and that's it. I can't blame an actor for not being able to emote no, that. No,
1: I I'm not gonna blame the child actors at all. This wasn't their fault.
0: This, this, is, <laughs> this was screwed up long before they ever got on set. Oh my god. I mean, am I am I wrong? No. Am, am I overblowing this? Because this is this was tragic. Yeah. This dialogue was the worst that I have seen in a long time.
1: Um, there there are some uh some rec- a couple recognizable actors. Um, Judy Greer and Jenna Fisher play um Spencer and Alex uh moms, respectively. Um Ju- I Ju- Judy Greer's a good actress. I already know that Judy Greer has has good timing. She she's good. Um and I and I think that she does I think she does the best she can with it. Yep. Uh Jenna Fisher. All, like obviously, I, I I like I like Jenna Fisher, too. She kind of looked like she wanted someone to rescue her the whole movie. Like I felt like I felt like her eyes were were calling for help. <laughs> I mean, it's just I was just like I I know I know the two of you were good actors. I know Clint Eastwood's a good director. Um, I think Clint Eastwood's kind of a shit person, but I I know he's a good director. But how how did any of this happen?
0: What what who hired? This screenwriter, because my my fucking god, like because the the movie is based on a book by these three dudes, right? So the movie is adapted from their perspective in the book, and and, and 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 I'm just like, did you just lift exactly verbatim what they wrote in the book? What this this screenwriter screwed this movie before it could anything could happen there there there's let me give you an example there's two scenes that i can think of um one with what's her name the not jenna fisher but the other one Judy Greer. one with uh judy Gre- greer she's at the 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 school and the teacher is tell is trying to tell her that her son may have a add and I mean there's a horrible exchange there where she, where the teacher is like hey you know it's hard for single moms you know May, maybe you should think about your dad uh his his father being involved or something like that and it's horrible and Judy Greer says like
1: they're t- they're talking about um about like statistics for single single moms with boys or whatever and Judy Greer like turns around as she's exiting the room and she's like, my God is bigger than your statistics. Oh. And Oh, by the way, this is a Christian movie. Oh. You might not have known that.
0: Oh, did 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 you not know that this was a Christian movie?
1: I, I guess I didn't. What how could how could you not tell that this was a, a Christian movie? I have my own rant. I have my own <laughs> rant now. This movie is everything that's wrong with America. Um <laughs>
0: We're just going in all directions right now.
1: Okay, so I I don't I do not want you to think again again uh, going going back to the trailer the trailer episode with a different I talked about this with a different film uh, that was more obviously religious. Um, I don't want you to think that I'm that I'm ragging on this movie for being religious. I'm not. I called on Jesus onto Jesus for strength many times while I watched this film. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is a very like specific kind of religious that just like gets my blood boiling it's 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 about American Christianity, which is not it's not normal christianity it's it's the chris- it's like the weird Christianity that we use to prop up like our nationalist tendencies It's like the whole movie is conflating uh Christianity. And militarism, which is just that's all America is these days. It's just it's just Christianity and militarism. That's it. That's what we push. That's what we're about. I have problems with it. You can probably tell. Um, the, oh, my gosh. The, OK, so there's a scene early in the movie um, where where Spencer, Kid Spencer, is is saying his, his nighttime prayers. And he, he says the he says this, the prayer of St. Francis, which is you know, make me an instrument of your peace where there is hatred. Let me so love all that stuff. Um, And then there's like a voiceover of him doing it at the end after, you know, after they stopped the terrorist, which again is great. I don't want to undermine that at all. It's great that they were there and they stopped him. That's fantastic. I don't know that, that uh, a prayer to Jesus about being an instrument of peace and you know, where there is injury, let me so pardon is you know relevant for that and that's and that's that's exactly what I mean. when I say like quote, american christianity, it's not it's not about Jesus. It's about militarism and the nation. and we use
0: we 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 use it to prop it to prop up ourselves as the righteous yes, one exactly. we, we go go ahead
1: I oh, was so I was just gonna I was just gonna interject that the mascot for the christian school they were attending was the crusaders
0: <laughs> that makes sense yeah the like the problem with this messaging is that it the problem with this messaging is that it paints these these guys as this as these like righteous instruments of god and who is the evil one here the muslim yeah the 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 other the the, the one that's not like us. Mm-hmm. Saving all of these poor, poor other Christians. And it's just... Not only does it ring false in the film, it's also shit and disgusting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's morally wrong to conflate Christianity to an act of heroism like this. Yeah. Maybe... Maybe Spencer's motivation was the fact that he he believes in Christ and he and he feels like life was leading him towards something greater. Maybe that's true. But in the film, it's treated as if God is literally putting him on the the train to fight this guy. Yeah, that that militarism is the only answer here. That that's that enlisting in the Army or the Navy or whatever he enlisted in the national guard actually I think uh is the only way to make sure it uh, to, to make sure that you're safe,
1: yeah, and there was a lot of military recruitment advertising in this movie, um which I expected, but there was there was just there was a lot of it um yeah and i i i don't I don't want to say that i i think that I definitely think that um. A religious overtone was, may was maybe necessary for the movie. I think in, in a good with a good screenwriter because ob- obviously uh, their their religious background is important to these actual people, right? Um, and the movie should reflect that. Um, the The fact that you know, I mean, a, a lot of things had to come together. There are a lo- there are a lot of coincidences that had to happen to get those three on the train to. Uh, to keep the the terrorist gun from going off, whatever you can interpret that however you want. If that, if you think that was God, if you think that, if that was coincidence or, you know, anywhere on that scale, you know, that's valid. But I just don't, if the movie was trying to do that, it did a bad job.
0: It, the film is also just not interesting. No, it isn't. It's, it's boring. Uh, The beginning with the kids is just the acting the well not the acting sorry the the kids acting is is fine the the problem in in the beginning is the atrocious screenwriting that that these two women are trying to to sell to us and it's it's horrific and it's off-putting and it's it will take you out of the movie immediately but then you're taken out of the movie into Euro trip starring these three guys <laughs> while they're just hanging out in Europe do, doing whatever, having fun, drinking at, at parties, and it's there. There is no plot to advance. Yeah, there you get like splices of of action where we look at the train and we see the terrorist. You know, get on the train later in the future. We see people reacting to 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 him being in the bathroom and then him coming out with the AK-47. Uh that's all like interspliced to I guess remind you of what the movie is about. Yeah. <laughs> but it's
1: the the exciting stuff is coming. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs>
0: just wait another hour, please, while these <laughs> these guys just goof off in Paris and Amsterdam. Or not in not in Paris, in Germany and Amsterdam mm-hmm. and, and and Venice. It's <sighs> It's just boring if you could if you're coming into this for any kind of action you're you're going to be disappointed because the only action happens at the end and while it's it's good it's really good action like it's it's executed very well um, I I noticed and, th- and this is a, a good point for the movie I I noticed that there wasn't any music or any kind of background noise yeah during the fight scene with the terrorists, and I thought that was very real, and I, I, I felt like that worked, mm-hmm. like like that was really well done. um and, But it's not satisfying, because you know what's going to happen. You know what the end result of this is, and it's not uplifting, because the movie doesn't give you a reason to feel like it's uplifting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: None of the characters grew at all. They didn't grow to overcome this obstacle. They're just always like this and great for them. Awesome, but that's not an engaging film. Yeah. Why did Clint Eastwood sign off on this? Why did he approve a script?
1: I, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, e- even if this was just, you know, Clint Eastwood just really really wanted to do this movie, I I don't know what his motivations were, but god, like I I know that he knows good screenwriters. What just what
0: this woman i i forgot her name i i will look it up and i will put it in the comments uh, in the description of this podcast but this this screenwriter should never write another film again it was it was atrocious it was insulting the dialogue in this film and if that's her if that's her work she needs to step away from the industry because i never want to watch another film like that I never want to be so off put by the dialogue that it, that, that, that these actors are trying so hard to come off as natural. And it's just, it's what's the word for it. It's just in your face. It tells you exactly what the character is feeling with no filter. Mm -hmm. And it's,
1: it's it's all exposition
0: it's robotic mm-hmm. like the the dialogue is robotic and the actors are trying to emote something that is unemotable
1: especially when you're working with you know with actors who are not professional at all exactly. you know what are you like you know if if you're gonna be working with these if you're making a point to work with these people these specific people who are not performers who are not trained performers you got to give them something to work with
0: yeah right that this is this is you need to give them dialogue that they would actually say. Let them improv a little bit. Let them say what they want to say um, before the camera starts rolling and then have them say that again in that same way. Maybe that's a solution. Or maybe the solution is to hire a screenwriter that that's actually heard people speak to each other before. Yeah. I, I just... I'm blown away by this. And I don't... I don't know of a solution other than rewriting the entire damn movie. Yeah.
1: I was, um, I was a little annoyed at what I felt was the, this is just like a small aside uh, of the, the preachiness of like medicating your children for, um, for ADD. Um, I, I definitely feel like that was like, I don't know if it was Clint Eastwood or if it was, uh, the screenwriter or what i definitely felt like it was a very preachy like oh we shouldn't throw pills at our problems and i don't know if that i don't know if that exchange really happened or if like a version of that exchange really happened um you know some some people need to be medicated guys
0: yeah like the these pills exist for a reason they've helped millions of kids get through school without and retain the information that they need to live a normal life how about you just Listen to your doctor, because your doctor knows more than you.
1: Yeah, and like, and the teacher wasn't like, "Hey, put like put your kid on Ritalin, or I'll like spell him, or whatever." Right. She was just like, "Hey, he's he's been having trouble, and I really think that this is something you should look in. You should look into."
0: It's not. It's not an un. It's not a uh, a response that is like unwarranted, like teachers make recommendations about about seeing a doctor about a d d all the time. Take the advice or don't, but it's just people need the pills so don't don't preach the message that they don't movie
1: well that was that was the first time that uh that a school official you know butted into. Butted into their lives, um, and I, I thought I thought that one was you know pretty reasonable, you know, e- even if she was wrong, e- maybe didn't have ADD, whatever. I I definitely think that she had you know she had, she had good intentions. Uh,
0: God. okay. I know what you're about to talk about.
1: Okay, so so uh, Alec and and Spencer are kind of a uh, I guess uh like like problem kids. They're not really problem kids. They're good kids. They're just. They're bored and they're understimulated, and they they do stupid stuff because they're you know eleven year old boys. Um, they get into trouble a little a little more than they ought to, but it's we never see them do anything serious. It's just you know normal stupid kid stuff. Um, so the principal calls their moms in and tells Jenna Fisher that like. We've decided the school. And didn't he say that like we've consulted with the Lord? He, he said he we've said con- that verbatim. We consulted with the Lord that um we think it would be better um if Alec goes and stays with his dad from now on. And she blows up at him, like I would, if that were me. Um I wouldn't have blown up at him. There might have been some some items flying in that room. Um and then she, you know, storms out, and I was like, Yeah, that's that's right. You storm out. Like, p- put him in a different school. Like, what you- I was I was thinking, like, what are you paying? You're paying this asshole. Yeah. Like, you're specifically, you're paying this asshole money. And he just told you that he just butted into your life and said he consulted with God and said that your child needs to be separated from you? Fuck this guy. You you tell him to go fuck himself. And then the next scene. Is her sticking her son in a car with his dad so he can like move move to a different state where his dad is? Because the principal of a stupid school told you to? Because he said that Jesus told him it was a good idea? I was so angry. I was so angry.
0: And you know, maybe that exchange actually happened. Maybe that that is actually what happened in their lives. Does it play in the film? Hell no. It it's off-putting. It makes you feel like you're watching a I I don't know a a a a, 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 a hall of mirrors version of the movie that you're trying to watch. Everything seems so distorted and. The motivation here is missing. I'm missing a part of that of that mom's thinking. And it's never explained.
1: Yeah, because I know that if a principal told me that my kid shouldn't live with me, I would not listen. And the thing is, I mean, there's... Un- unless there was something happening, if that exchange really did happen, unless there was something happening in real life that we did not see in the film, like something that Alec was doing... Or a way that he was behaving, or something that you know that they really did think that you know removing him from the home was was a good idea, and that maybe the principal was saying like, you know, if you if you if you send him to live with his dad, like we won't like call in social services, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and may, I I do not know the situation, so I can't say that that's what happened. But again all we ever saw Spencer and Alec do was just was just stupid was just stupid kid shit like mouthing off to teachers or like you know TP in somebody's house or just you know I mean stuff that they should get in trouble for but not like you know juvenile delinquency stuff it was never anything serious and i just why
0: well there there is no why because the screenwriter didn't write a why all of the all everything in the beginning of the film with the kids acting out and seeming kind of weird and and off-putting it's 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 not because the ch- the children are not acting it in a way that they need to it's because their motivations are not explained and when some when finally we you do get some kind of motivation it's thrown in your face in the most blatant possible way no subtlety no no innuendo. It they they no filter. It's just they they say what they mean and that's it. Okay, I'm gonna go on a on a, a rant here for a second about Eastwood. Okay, Clint Eastwood is a fantastic director. Like there are so many films of his that I just that that I still want to see that I I watch and I'm like, "Oh man, that was directed very well." And I find out that Clint Eastwood directed it and I'm like, "Of course. Of course it's Clint Eastwood because he's he's a wonderful director. He does the the thing that he does better than most is that he does the two man scene perfectly. Uh as an example, in Million Dollar Baby, it's Clint Eastwood and and Morgan Freeman in uh in the gym, talking about their their lives, you know, in the past, how they met each other, and it's wonderful. Like you get this this wonderful exchange between these two men with a history that that you don't get to see, but you feel like you know them after that scene. You feel like you understand them better than 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 anyone else in the film, than than uh, the main character, the the uh, hit Hillary Swank's character. You feel like you understand them better than her now. Where was that in this movie? Where the, these guys are sitting together talking constantly, just about nothing. And do I feel like I know them at the end of this film? Mm-hmm. No. I saw their entire lives. And I, I feel like I don't understand them at all. I don't understand like I don't understand why Alec joined the military at all, except that he'd like to play with play like with airsoft guns a- as a kid. Mm-hmm. Spencer is is arguably the main character and I feel like I understand him the most, but there are still parts that I'm just like why why are you doing this? And they 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 spend so much time together and none of that direction that Clint Eastwood is famous for comes off in this film. Mm-hmm. I never feel I I never get that that two man scene. And there there's constantly a two man scene or or, or three man scene where they're talking about nothing but you know they're just bullshitting, but I never feel like it's genuine. It's it's disappointing. I was I was very disappointed by that.
1: I was very I was very disappointed with this whole movie, which is saying something because I already expected to be disappointed in the movie. Um so I was I'm more disappointed than I expected to be. Um there was something else. Oh. Um okay. I I guess this is just more about how I feel about Hollywood in general not necessarily just this movie. Um because obviously um obviously the the terrorist guy in real life was was a I don't know what country he was from, but was a, a Middle Eastern guy, was an Arabic guy. Um, and so, obviously. I think,
0: I think he may have actually been Parisian, or he lived in France, at least. Oh, I, did he? I think so. I didn't know that. Citation needed.
1: <laughs> um, but, yeah, well, I just mean, like, eth- like ethnically, he was. Right. Um, so, I, I mean, obviously, you you need to cast an actor that matches that ethnicity, so that I'm not complaining about that. But, like, I felt really, like, gross watching, like, the scene. Cause there's a scene in the bathroom. Cause, uh, the guy, like, he went into the train bathroom to get all of his gun shit together. And there's a, and so, like, there's a scene we were, like, in the bathroom with him. And he's, like, kind of looking in the mirror, like, I guess, like, kind of mentally pumping himself up to go kill a bunch of people. And I don't know, like,. I feel like Hollywood just does this a lot. Like we're only going to cast like Middle Eastern ethnicity people for this kind of role. Like, like I could almost like, I could almost feel Clint Eastwood being like, can you look more menacing at the camera? Look like more dark and menacing and evil and Muslim. Like look as dark and evil and Muslim as you can, please. And it just, it just, I, I guess if, if I didn't see it so much, I probably wouldn't notice it but yeah
0: you know like the the original book that that the guys wrote is actually called um a terrorist a train and three three dudes mm-hmm. something like that and the terrorist the train and three dudes uh we we get to find out all about the three dudes we understand the train obviously we don't understand the terrorist at all
1: I actually was kind of thinking that, that I would be kind of interested in seeing something. I would have been interested in seeing something from his point of view. Obviously, like, he's not a sympathetic character. I don't want to like him. But I do want to, I don't understand something about his motivations, about, like, where he came from or what led him to this.
0: Yeah, he's not some, some evil, well, he is evil, but what I'm saying is that he's not some some demon that just appeared in our world and is is just going to wreak havoc because that's all he knows. No, he's a person, a real human person who has motivations and it would have been interesting to see those motivations. Mm -hmm. This is a biographical film. Maybe make just one scene where we find out why this guy is, is going to shoot all of these people. You don't need to turn him into like a sympathetic character, but you need to humanize him yeah. in order for it to be believable. And mm-hmm. you don't get that at all. Surprise, yeah. surprise. And I, I don't know if that's just the shoddy, the shoddy script, the poor direction, or the political leanings of Clint Eastwood himself. Yeah, I don't know which is which.
1: I, I was, I actually think that the if they were going for just a, you know like we we don't want to humanize this guy we just want to show him like as as a monster I think that if they did if they did just want to do that it would have worked a lot better if we didn't have the bathroom scene cuz the bathroom scene was kind of intimate yeah um and i feel like if you're going to if you're not really interested in in humanizing the character to some to some degree like why have that unless you just <laughs> unless you just want a few shots of the scary Muslim guy being scary and a Muslim,
0: I don't have anything to add to that. Like no. it's just it's it's upsetting. That scene is upsetting. Not only for the reason that this guy is about to go out and kill all these people, but it's it's upsetting that this this character is not a human in this film. He is a prop, an evil demonic prop that knows nothing other than attacking and killing and there's no motivation there at all not that there's motivation for anyone in this film but there's there's nothing there to latch on to
1: i was wondering how um how how accurate to the to the actual like fight the fight in the movie was um I I wasn't sure like how because like there were okay I've never subdued a gun wielding terrorist so I don't know what it takes or you know anything like that I was kind of watching because like there's there's a part where um like Spencer's kind of got the guy and like he's trying to put him in a chokehold and he's he's kind of like under the guy and he's restraining him and the other two are just kind of like in in front of him. And like they've and they've got like his they've got his rifle and he's got a knife and a, at some point they get that away from him too, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know like all of his soft parts are exposed man go for the like your your buddy's got him exposed man go go for the soft parts and I don't know if that's really how it was in the in the real fight so I don't want to I don't want to criticize that because I don't know what I'm talking about but that was just what I was thinking during the combat scene in the movie I also don't I mean you're also not working with i don't know like stuntmen yeah so you know you're not you're not working with people you're working with people at least two of them who have like some kind of like actual combat training but not necessarily like combat for for movie training uh so i'm i'm sure that's also a factor but i don't know did did you think about did you think that too or
0: i was mostly thinking that it was it was strange to me that because when they're when they're holding him down uh they he actually brings the gun up to spencer's head um while spencer has him in a chokehold and pulls the trigger and the gun jams Mm -hmm. and that that's really intense and then they 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 get the gun away from him and they actually try to shoot him too Mm -hmm. um in the head and the gun jams and i thought that's that that that's really strange i mean uh it's understandable why why they would do that but that must have actually happened for characters that i'm supposed to be sympathetic for to kill someone Mm -hmm. uh so yeah i thought this is a a roundabout way to to say that there are a lot of details in that fight scene that came off very believable
1: yeah i i agree definitely
0: uh like like spencer getting his thumb cut um was was very believable that just seems like a small detail that they didn't have to add but it if they added it, it must have actually happened, mm-hmm. um, and it was nice, it was nice to get some of that believability um in a movie that is unbelievable, yeah <laughs>
1: um yeah, and that that wasn't the first time one of the guns jammed uh like uh when Spencer is running at the guy like he he runs at the guy like uh head on um in the in the aisle in the train, and uh the terrorist, and this is when he has like the big like the big rifle thing um and he AK47. Sh- he has the big AK47. Thank you. I know guns. <laughs> um <laughs> he um and he and he shoots him and and the gun jams. So the gun jams then and the gun jams later and even like Alec like it uh you know after everything's calmed down he's like looking at the guns and stuff and he says it's like it's like one in a million that it didn't that it didn't happen. Um which I guess again you could attribute to to some kind of divine intervention. You could attribute it to the terrorist not really knowing what he was doing when he when he put the gun stuff together
0: you mean when he loaded the bullets into the gun
1: yes <laughs> which is honestly kind of kind of where i'm landing on it um which i mean hey you could also argue that uh that god made him really gun stupid and that's fine um but yeah i feel like like one like one time is a miracle sorry one time is a miracle. Three times is he doesn't know how to load a gun. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, again, that's that's something that I don't know a whole lot about, and I could very easily be wrong.
0: Um. Okay. I'm going to go off on a different ta- tantrum okay. now. Okay. Th- this is the last thing that I, I, I really want to say about this movie, personally. So, I in the trailer episode, I was really giving this movie shit about its gimmick the real people who actually went through this this disaster and came out uh came out on top and I didn't know that they wrote a book, but they apparently wrote a book and then that was adapted into the mo- into a movie and they actually star in the film and that's that's incredible because they're not actors they're playing themselves going through an emotional trying uh adventure and i i still feel like this movie would have been better served if they were not in the film because it it did take me away from the fact that they were real people being the that they like i couldn't it was hard to believe them saying those things because i knew that they weren't actually saying them because they weren't actors Mm -hmm. um I, I I couldn't buy them at, as themselves if that makes any sense. it was yeah. hard to 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 make that connection um i I still feel like the movie would have been better had they had they been actual actors instead of the the real people but that wasn't the fatal flaw of the film. it was the screenwriting. It was the fact that 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 the film had no plot or motivation, and the dialogue was the worst that I've ever heard in a very long time um,
1: it's It's possible that I did not notice the acting as much because the screenwriting was so abysmal
0: yes, yes, that that is very possible. <laughs> I mean the the acting isn't good. I'm not going to I'm I'm not going to let them off and say that that the acting was good. O- only Spencer was was anywhere decent. Mm-hmm. Um but it was it was still not <laughs> not enjoyable uh and and I just want to point out that 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 while it isn't the fatal flaw of the film, other films should not try to do this. Stories need to be made by professional storytellers. You cannot... No, no, honestly. like it, well, I
1: mean, Okay, no, I, I mean, I wouldn't go that far because, I mean, every every storyteller starts off as someone who's not, you know, professional.
0: Yes, I agree. But you need the proper vocabulary in order to tell a compelling story. And if you want to make that story compelling because it's a story that means something to you, you need the proper tools. You need actors who have made it their, their lives to turn into someone else. These guys did not did not spend that time learning how to em- emote on camera and it showed. Uh and it was it was off-putting and it took you out of the movie when when a film is supposed to immerse you in it. So 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 other films, other films that have better screenwriters and a director that didn't phone it in, I guess, uh be be aware that trying to adapt this gimmick to your to your story is going to set it back don't do this it was not successful in 1517 to paris um and the movie was not successful for for other reasons so just just don't try it please i don't want to see other films (laughs) that try to do this and that and that's my my spiel
1: i think that the movie was never trying to be good Um, I think this is, this is just like, um, just like what I was saying, you know, in the, just like what I was saying in the trailer episode, that the problem with a lot of religious movies is, is not that they are religious, but that the people involved are taking advantage of audience members who are religious by pandering to them. And getting them into seats so they can make a bunch of ticket money because they know that God sells. Yeah. Um and I find it insulting. Um Yeah, yeah, I think and I, I I I kinda don't I kinda think they didn't care. I kinda mm-hmm. think that the people who made this movie didn't care. I think they knew that it had just the right amount of religious inspiration and American militarism and they knew they could get people to come watch it and they didn't care if the screenplay was bad, they didn't care if the acting was bad. They they just they knew that people would come see it.
0: Well it showed.
1: Yeah. Yep. Well uh I don't I don't know anything about how well the movie did. Um this this was our first movie of, of the weekend, our first new movie of the weekend. I doubt it's gonna be our first movie that we release
0: no probably will release 50 shades first since that's the big big box office o- opener everyone at, at that theater was seeing 50 shades
1: yeah and peter rabbit we actually okay we didn't bring our notebooks because we're going to see peter rabbit um but uh peter rabbit was sold out surprisingly we were very and this is it like th- it's a kid's movie this is at like seven o'clock at night we were very surprised
0: why were you surprised by that
1: well, because I was I wasn't expecting people to bring their kids out that late to see Peter Rabbit.
0: Well, why wouldn't they? Peter Rabbit is is the new voice of a generation, Jenny. People are going to be talking about like how how did Peter Rabbit affect you as a child, and what have you done now that you've seen Peter Rabbit in your life that has changed the world? It, like Peter Rabbit, I'm not surprised that it, it was sold out because it's going to be it's it's going to be mind-blowing it's going to be it is going to be the citizen kane the casablanca the godfather of of cinema now we're not going to talk about those films anymore we're going to talk about peter rabbit mark my words
1: i i i was telling josh when we left the theater that i think peter rabbit is going to be the best movie we see this weekend um but yeah, um, the the first the first one we put out is probably going to be Fifty Shades Freed. Um, use your psychic abilities to look into the past and see if we're right.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we should probably give our our final thoughts on okay. fifteen seventeen.
1: Because it's been an hour.
0: It has. Wow, this has been a long podcast. Uh, so okay. Uh,
1: we wanted you to suffer as much as we've suffered. Yes.
0: Okay, so the way that my rating system works, just to a- explain it a-, a little bit, it's 0.5 through 5 stars, stars um, and uh, you have to really, really be trying to get to like anywhere close to a 1 or a 1.5. Um, I'm going to give 1517 to Paris a 2. A 2. Most... Films that are just okay, that are just decent, that 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 are still watchable, I think get at least a three. You know, maybe a two point five if they're really unlucky. But it's like a two to me si- signifies that they that that this movie is something that not only do you not want to watch it again, you regret watching it. I regret watching 1517 because now the only time that I've, I'm I'm ever going to think about that tragedy on that train going to Paris is I'm going to think of this movie. It has ruined that 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 memory of that story that I feel like it should be heralded as heroism and I can't think of it in like that anymore.
1: My rating system is I just say if it was great it was if it was good if it was okay or no you shouldn't see it and i'm going to give it a no you shouldn't see it it was bad don't i can't get those 2 hours back save yourself and your time and your money don't
0: um okay i'm i'm going to give a couple recommendations of Clint Eastwood movies that you should see where he does actually perform his duties as a director uh and you should watch them uh Mystic River is a perfect example of a film that is just compelling and and engaging and like you you feel immersed in this small Boston town and it's oh it's just it's wonderful and all of the acting is incredible the script is is mysterious and tense and Clint Eastwood's direction is amazing because there are so many small scenes where, where, because it, it's a mystery, and there are so many little tells that everyone has in the film about whether they killed the girl or not, or whether they're hiding something, and and, and Eastwood is perfect about showing you those little little minutias of of tells that these characters have. He he, he has the eye for that, and Mystic River just exemplifies that perfectly. Also, Million Dollar Baby, I've already talked about it. Watch that too. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but Sully is supposed to be really good. He actually directed that, the one no, with Tom Hanks and I the plane. That. Um, watch that. Watch something else. Don't watch this.
1: What What's the Clint Eastwood movie where he's like a crotchety old man who hates Korean children?
0: <laughs> Gran Turismo.
1: Tur- is it Torino or Turismo?
0: Oh, Torino, yeah. Gran Torino. Okay. Yeah.
1: I haven't seen that.
0: I haven't either. I heard bad things about that though. So, mm-hmm. but I I haven't watched it, so I I can't judge it yet.
1: Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't guess I've seen a whole lot of Clint. I mean, I've I've seen Mystic River. I haven't seen Million Dollar Baby. Um. I've seen the Changeling. We saw that. That was okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was okay. Well, do you have just a general, a general drama that you feel like is is engaging and entertaining i mean sort of like those films
1: i don't know i just anything would have been better than this (laughs) okay
0: (laughs) all right uh do we want to wrap it up sure okay we want to thank you folks so much for listening to us ramble on about this film for an hour i can't believe if you're listening to this that you survived that long uh (laughs) Thank you for, for listening to us. Uh you can do us a favor by uh giving us a like wherever you are, sub subscribing to us wherever you are.
1: Um, we have a Twitter, um, which is at Ramble Um, we also have a Patreon, uh, Patreon.com slash rambling So if you like us, you can show us some appreciation by throwing us some of your dollars. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh and and we are seeing every theatrically wide released movie in twenty eighteen. Um, and this is just the start of it. Th- this is just February, folks. We've got a long way to go.
1: A very long way to go.
0: And I'm excited. More films. I'm I'm honestly excited for Fifty Shades because I've got a, a surprise for you.
1: I'm not watching them tonight.
0: No, no. You're I I, I know that you're not watching them tonight, and that's okay. But I've still got a surprise for you for the podcast, and I can't wait to tell you about it when we make that podcast.
1: Yay. (laughs) All right. Well, and now (laughs) they're going to know what the surprise was.
0: Oh, well, that's OK, because you don't. (laughs) You, audience member, if you've listened to the Fifty Shades podcast, you know the surprise that that I'm talking about. Ginny doesn't know it yet, so it's just our little secret right now. OK, don't tell her. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a great one.
1: Bye.